Hi, I'm Steve Hayes, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a sinner, and I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear how God has worked in their lives to help change them and make them who they are. And I think we all need to hear those kinds of stories. So I hope you'll enjoy it and listen along with This Is My Story. I'm Thomas Burns, and this is my story. Hey everybody, uh, it's Pastor Steve, and we are here with Thomas Burns, who is the CEO of the Corsicana YMCA. Thomas, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you being here. And um, let me start off with this. I know that you work out almost every afternoon <laughs> with Jess Demarest, who's what, six five three fifty? Big guy. Tree fitty. Yeah. yeah. And James Venable, who's right around there gotta be another big guy i mean some guys who can sling some lead who are heavy hitters man i mean these are big old dudes yeah. does that just make you feel like the biggest wimp in the world work i worked out Absolutely. with Jess. yeah i worked out with him one one time and i learned my lesson because he was throwing around like he had to take off so much lead every time <laughs> it was my turn to lift weights that i was like i can't do this anymore he gets an extra workout doing that Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was really helping him. Yeah, absolutely. But it's got to be a little—I mean, a little bit intimidating working out with those guys. It, it is, but the trick is, I throw in some of my workouts and you, make them do things that you know they're uncomfortable doing. You get them on that cardio and that core work, don't you? Exactly. Exactly. Here's what I did with Jess. Um, you know the little uh, what is it, Bright Hop Field? Yeah, that's right out uh-huh. there. So after we worked out, and he was like inclining 325 like three sets of 10 it was ridiculous and so after i worked out with him and felt like a total wimp i was like okay let's go bear crawl bright hop field and let's race because i gotta beat you at something today (laughs) and i i did beat him so anyway he won't like hearing this but he was like face down in the middle of bright hop field like (gasps) Like gasping for breath. I've seen. I've I've taken them both out there to yeah. do some things, yeah. and and they struggle. Yeah. But they they, you know, kill me in the in the weight room. Some big That's old for sure. boys. Yeah. It, oh, especially like when it comes to leg day. Yes. Oh, they. It's I, ridiculous. Re rack everything. Just yeah. take it all off for me. Yeah, because they're probably throwing up like six hundred pounds. Oh and yeah, stuff. easy. Golly, big guys. It's crazy. Yep. Crazy. So. Um, you you are um, a leader in our community, for sure, because the YMCA is a big deal around here. Um, a lot of people are part of that, and it's kind of been around Corsicana for a long time. Um, but one of the reasons we do this is to just kind of give you a chance to tell your story, and especially your story as it relates to your walk with Jesus. So um, tell me a little bit about when your faith became your own, when you decided to follow Christ, I know for a lot of people, they maybe think Jesus is a good idea, but at some point in their development, they really get serious about their walk with Jesus. They take it, and it becomes part of them instead of just a, a good idea. Did that happen for you, and, and what's that been like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it started with a foundation, 
And I grew up where I saw my grandparents celebrate their 60th anniversary. Mm. And uh, my grandpa was a deacon in his church and sang mm. in the choir. And then, um, you know, my parents are going to be married 43 years right. uh, coming up this summer. Um, and my dad's a deacon in the church. And I, I just I grew up in that it always helping out um, in, in some form or fashion. Um, obviously, that's what I grew up with. And so I have that influence with my family. But when it when I got to college, uh, that kind of fell off. And where'd you go to college? I went to Texas Tech. Okay. And so um, I, I got in a bad habit of I don't need to go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And I'll, I'll read my Bible and I pray. But I, I don't need to go to church. I'll, right. I'll do my own thing. Um, and it, it just got in a bad habit. And um, I decided that, um, that that community aspect is something that my heart desired. And I didn't really know that until I met my wife out there. And uh, we started going to church together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just it drew us closer together. Um, it drew our relationship um, to, to God uh, closer, and we, we put God at the forefront of that relationship mm-hmm. um, by finding that church together. Right. And that's where I feel like it, it became a part of me, and uh, we never looked back. So. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the, the long-term relationships of your grandparents mm-hmm. and your parents and related that kind of to— a faith in Christ. Um, what did that What did that communicate to you? How did that tie into to Jesus for you? Just seeing their example. Yeah, I, I think it all ties back to love. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just loving one another, and, mm-hmm. and that's what Jesus wants us to do: mm-hmm. is love one another. And so that foundation of love that was shown to me from my grandparents and my parents mm-hmm. um, in that relationship. Um, it, it just, it taught me how to love others and stay connected to people and and build those relationships. Yeah. I mean, it had to have shown you that faith was about love and love was composed of perseverance and steadfastness and, you know, and and staying together. Yeah, absolutely. So when you thought of Jesus, you thought of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awesome. Um, and now, here you are in the little town of Corsicana. You're not from here originally, uh, are I'm you? No, my wife's from here, though. Okay. So. Where are you from? Kerrville. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hill Country. Yes. Yes. Great place. Uh, home of the, uh, what, the Guadalupe Bass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, don't they have like a little statue to the Guadalupe Bass there uh, at one of the parks? Good question. I think I, they I don't do. Know. <laughs> I think they do. So you you, uh, you meet your wife, and y'all, did she just want to move back here, and y'all kind of look to settle here? Um, no, we actually wanted to live in the Dallas area. Um, yeah. I started coaching basketball a little bit in the Dallas area, um, and she was going to be a teacher, Mm -hmm. um, and we just ended up in Corsicana. Yeah. Sports has always been a big part of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Played high school ball and Mm -hmm. football? 
No, no. I, I played I played football in middle school. Uh-huh. Uh, just basketball in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one of those coaches that like you, you play my sport or you don't play right type of yeah type of guy. Um, and so uh, I focused on basketball in high school. Right. Uh, I didn't play anything in college. Just a lot of intramural stuff. Um, right. So, I, but sports always kind of ignited you. you yeah, you absolutely. Loved it. You want to be a coach. How did the whole YMCA thing come about? Uh, just it fell into my lap. I, you know, I wanted to be a basketball coach, and mm-hmm. I, I did that for a little bit in Dallas with the UBL uh, United Basketball League. It's mm-hmm. uh, a minor league organization, and. I realized that that part of it wasn't for me, and so I needed to find something to do in the interim, searching for um, maybe college positions or right. uh, front office stuff. Um, and so uh, this job came open as a sports director at the YMCA in uh, my wife Ashley's hometown, and she she applied for a teaching job. Mm-hmm. I got that, and I was lucky enough to get the sports director job at the Y and fell in love with it. Rest and, is history. Yeah, exactly. So I remember seeing you back in the early days of the Y for you. Mm-hmm. And I remember, <laughs> I hope this doesn't hit you wrong, but I just remember you looking so stressed out about organizing those leagues, man. Yeah. That has got to be a stressful deal soccer leagues and football leagues and basketball leagues and people signing up late and getting coaches to man all those things. that's got to be stressful it was it was, it was a stressful time uh, I mean getting ready for a season mm-hmm. is uh, so uh, out of the ordinary from what people think it is right and, and it's so stressful dealing with so many different personalities so many parents and coaches and and I mean, we're strictly run on volunteers, right. uh, you know, finding the coaches for these teams. Yep. And so you have, you know, over 2000 kids participating wow. in sports. Um, it's, it's, it can be chaotic. So I, I, I had to learn some organizational skills quickly. At what <laughs> point did it start becoming like, I'm not about to lose my mind with this? Did it take a couple of years? Oh, to... it, it, it took four or five years into yeah. the job before yeah. I really felt like I could do it. Right. You know, w- without any any stressors, yeah. Because I remember coaching soccer and football. I think I coached every sport at some point yeah. when my kids were were really little. Um, and I remember like asking you a question a couple of times, and you looking like, "Dude, don't ask me any question. I can barely, <laughs> I can barely think right now." <laughs> but yeah, that had to be stressful. Yeah, absolutely. now. I do remember having a particularly great football team one year. Do you remember that year? It was was it our first year of uh, tackle football? I think it was the second. Okay. And we had a great team, and we played one Saturday at Bright Hop Field. Yeah. For the championship, for the city championship, and it it was probably sixteen degrees <laughs> and wet. Uh-huh. Do you remember that year? It had to be hard to find Fair a ref for yeah. that game. Yeah. All my kids were crying. Their hands were like frostbitten. Uh-huh. <laughs> they did not want to play. We had some cold games. Yeah, it sure. was brutal. But we won. We won. Nice. Congrats. I can't believe you don't remember. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I should remember I'm that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I remember it. It's one of my things. <laughs> um, so what's the biggest challenge for you now and with the YMCA? Because we've got COVID. Um. 
I know gyms and exercise was severely limited and even shut down at points throughout this deal. Has that affected y'all in a huge way? It has. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, COVID's affected a lot of people uh, with the shutdown. We were shut down in March. weren't able to open back up until May, and mm. we are still seeing an impact of people not coming in. They're they're scared to come in, yeah. work out. Um, we lost about twenty percent of our membership base, um, but we have a great community, and mm-hmm. a, a lot of the community members kept their membership. Oh, wow. um, and you know, Fort Worth lost you know thirty percent of their membership base. Um, Dallas lost like thirty five percent of their membership base. Man. Uh, Midland lost fifty percent. Uh, you know, they're a big oil town, and, mm-hmm. and so they lost a lot there. But so us losing only 20 percent uh, speaks a lot to our community and, yeah. and how they support us. Yeah. Uh, what kind of measures do y'all have to do now? Does everybody have to wear a mask in there? Do they wear masks while they work out? Like, how does that work? So you wear a mask when you come in. All the staff have masks on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do not have to wear a mask while you're working out. Yeah. As long as you, as long as you can maintain social distance. Um, yeah. You know, we just. Has that been a challenge to like keep that in place? Not yeah, really. Um, yeah. Just because of the the lower foot traffic. Right. You know, the classes are probably uh, the biggest area where mm-hmm. you have to space out. So if right. it gets too big, we just move them to the gym. I, I think about what you do and what I do is being pretty similar in a lot of ways. You know, um, we we both want to mobilize people to do what's best for them mm-hmm. so that they can flourish, you know. For you, that means, you know, staying physically active. It means staying in good health. That's what y'all promote. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a holistic approach to health. Um, and I know for me, going through this time where we suddenly saw, you know, we were shut down, and then we have kind of slowly gone back into uh, into meeting and um, and then the challenge of some of the recommendations and mm-hmm. putting those in place and implementing those um, and still having a heart to grow and move forward and impact our community um, but to see that um, all of that shut down for a while and to deal with the challenges that have come as a result of that has been at times for me depressing, you know, because I've been here 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we started out kind of a small little blip on the map, and, and we've seen a lot of growth over the years, and it just felt like a, a huge loss of momentum. Um, Do you go through any of that, uh, the kind of the depression of this whole thing and the frustration of of seeing the momentum loss? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the YMCA is about bringing people together. It's mm-hmm. about community mm-hmm. in, in everything that we do. Um, and, you know, we talk about how we're so much more than a gym. Right. You know, we're a community and, and all of our all of our youth programs mm-hmm. uh, that were canceled, all the sports, the after-school program, um, you know, our, our mentoring program, things like that. And not being able to interact with the community mm. and see the impact that we're having right. has been frustrating. It, yeah. it really has. And um, like you said, we've we've grown over the last two years. 
Um, we've had some of our biggest membership numbers, mm-hmm. um, which membership is our lifeblood to support all of our programs that we have. Right. And so uh, to, to go from doing really well, making improvements at the Y, um, you know, seeing the, seeing the numbers go up to all of a sudden just mm-hmm. nothing, just stopping has, has been tough. And it's, uh, even though we're open back up, we've been open for several months, we just don't don't have that impact like we did, and it's going to take a take a while to get back to it. Yeah, not quite the same. Yeah, I know. For me, there were times when I was like, "This is not what I signed up for." Yeah, you know, this is not why I got into this, and and it's hard. So, how how have you kept going and kept motivated? I think just um, knowing that I have so many staff. In, involved mm-hmm. and I have to keep motivated to keep them motivated mm-hmm. um, that just it, it keeps me going um, right. and, and knowing that once we are back up and going 100% there's all the families and all the kids that we have an impact on right. and so that drives me now and knowing that if if I just gave up now or just broke down now then that would affect us in the long term. It would right. affect all the staff and then all of our programs. It kind of goes back to how we started this conversation, you know, with with the example of your grandparents and your parents and with what Christ has done in you, you know, the whole idea of, like, persevering yeah. and being faithful, even when it's not fun, right. you know. Um, and I think that's the uh, part of the reason this has been so hard for for us, our generation, our world right now, our culture is because we've kind of lost some of that art mm-hmm. of persevering through the hard times. Yeah. You know, you look at our, our grandparents, um, some of whom lived through the, the World War II generation and then the uh, Vietnam and, and uh, the civil rights movement and a lot of unrest. You know, these are folks who were developed some resiliency. Absolutely. And I wonder if we have that in our society. Um, what do you think? Hmm. <laughs> uh, it is definitely dwindled. I mean, yeah. and you have to, to me, you have to learn perseverance. Mm-hmm. And if if you're not taught that, then, you know, it's just, it's such a drop off. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, nothing against um, the the generation between us and, and our grandparents, right? But there was a, there was a loss of communication with with the kids at, at some point, mm-hmm. and so um, you know I was lucky enough to have great parents, but I also had great grandparents that um, you know I learned from as well. Yeah, so. yeah. I think about uh, you know. Hebrews chapter 11 is like the hall of fame of faith and it it talks about all these great examples of, of Abraham and Moses and all of these folks who who lived throughout Old Testament times and then it talks about the the New Testament Christians who were facing persecution and who were you know there's one this one part that's real graphic where it talks about how they were some of them were sawn in two you know, and and attacked by wild animals and ripped apart, and all because of their faith. 
and yet they persevered, mm-hmm. you know. And then chapter 12 goes into that great visual of um, how we're running a race and we're to, we got to leave behind the things that so easily entangle us and run the race to win. Mm-hmm. And we do that based on the example of Christ who endured the cross, you know. Um, so I think about that a lot in these times, that our faith, in order for it to be real right now, has to be a faith of perseverance that gets us through this, this craziness mm-hmm. and, and is still standing on the other side, you know. So I know that what you're doing right now is challenging and, and tough to get through, but um, uh, it's cool to hear you, that your foundation has been in perseverance and that you, you seem pretty confident that, hey, I'm, I'm going to get through this and we're going to be standing. Absolutely. Know? Well, man, thanks for everything that you do with the why. The why is like a big part of our community. And just it's been fun to watch you over the years, um, you know, start out with that kind of, oh, my gosh, how do I organize all these leagues? And now you're the CEO. And like really cool, really cool to see where you've come and and exciting to see what's going to happen in the future when we get past this stuff. So absolutely, thanks for thanks for meeting with us. Thanks for telling your story, man. Thank you. I appreciate the time. You bet. You bet. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. And if you'd like to spread the word, please consider leaving a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Our video podcast is available on our Grace Community Church YouTube channel. This Is My Story is produced and engineered by Jake Moore and is a ministry of Grace Community Church in Corsicana, Texas. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and do not necessarily express the views of Grace Community Church. Thanks for listening.